This is Devin Peacock in for Mike Stubbs on London Live. I want to talk about the report that came out last week about climate change in this country. The report was commissioned by Environment and Climate Change Canada. It came out last Monday. It was called, quite simply, Canada's Changing Climate Report. And it said that we are warming at twice the rate as the rest of the world. Some of the findings were that the warming climate is going to make extreme hot temperatures more frequent and more intense. That northern Canada is warming at more than three times the global average. That oceans around the country have warmed, they're becoming more acidic. And that precipitation is expected to increase across the country, although summer rainfall may decrease. The reaction from all of that, as I saw it, was a collective shrug. For some people, climate change is a passion. For others, not so much. To talk about this, we're joined by Matthew Hoffman. He's director of the Environmental Governance Lab at the Monk School of Global Affairs and Public Policy. Thanks for your time today. Yeah, great to, great to talk to you. Well, what sort of reaction do you get from people when you talk about climate change? Because when I do it, you know, it's, it's hit and miss. For some people, it's a big concern. It's something they, you know, read about. For other people, it's not on the top of their list. Yeah, I would say I have the same reaction from people. I mean, often when I'm giving talks to the public, people that come to hear me speak are really concerned. And so I get a lot of people that are, are frankly scared and are trying to fight off despair about what they hear is coming. And then I talk to people who it's really not on their radar. They're, you know, they see the news, but it's it's not part of their daily lived experience. And they're they're curious, um, but but not really engaged with it. And then occasionally I run into people that um, are sort of vociferous climate deniers who want to sort of challenge me and challenge the climate science on on whether this is a problem at all. What percentage would you say uh, are the people who are the deniers? Because you know I can understand you know people like one of the issue one of the problems for talking about climate change is uh, oftentimes it's the future, even though twenty thirty is really not that far in the future in terms of eleven years. But use that you know, often we're talking about twenty thirty, twenty seventy, you know twenty one hundred, you know t- well into the future when people are just worried about you know making sure they're they get their uh, bills paid and they get the kids to hockey practice or whatever. I can understand why um, for some people they've got other more pressing concerns, but uh, in terms of the deniers, how many uh, deniers do you encounter? Because my personal experience is less than before, but you might have a, a higher number. No, I think it's less than before, and I think it's an awfully small number. I, I think that uh, the the volume of climate denying uh, sort of just in terms of how loud they shout, is much greater than the actual numbers. And I think that too often the, those, the impression of large-scale climate denial gets uh, inflated because they're so vociferous and so loud about it. Um, I think, and I think you're right. I think that it is a diminishing number. If you look at opinion polls, you know, upwards of 60, 70, 80 percent of people now think that we should be doing more on climate change. And so I think climate denial is also tougher and tougher to sustain in the face of just observation. When you see the fires in B.C., when you see the flooding across multiple areas of Canada, and you see Arctic melting, it's, it's just tougher and tougher to deny just on the, on the basis of pure observation. Well, I wonder, you know... Uh... 
if the 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 general thought amongst people who aren't too concerned about it now might start to change. Like I've done some interviews and talked to some people who've done some research in terms of you know like a lot of like, uh, our lakes are getting warmer and so our lakes are going to freeze over as much as they, they have in the past. And Canada's got a lot of lakes, uh, one, like seventy five percent of the uh, freshwater lakes in the entire world. And so that's one area where you don't have to wait for you know fifty years from now to see an impact. You can start to see it right now. Yeah, and I think that that's. I think we're we're moving towards a tipping point in people's concern and urgency around this issue, precisely because that disconnect between lived experience and the sort of description of catastrophes that are going to come fifty, sixty, seventy years from now has really shrunk. That that disconnect, people are seeing and feeling different aspects of climate change now, and I think as that lived experience of living with climate change. Uh, becomes more and more apparent, I think you're going to see more and more urgency, more and more concern around this problem. Are, are you surprised that, it be, that climate change became, or maybe still is, as polarizing as it has been? I, I am and I'm not. Um, I am in the sense that North America and Australia are kind of, uh, I won't say unique, but are kind of special in the the way that climate change politics is polarized. If you look at most of Europe, if you look at other places in the world, people argue about what to do on climate change, but not whether to act. And uh, so it's a much less polarized position. I mean, everybody thinks, or across the political spectrum, most people think in most places in the world that we need to take serious action. And there's big fights about how to take that serious action. Um, but, you know, I think that North America, Australia, with heavily resourced sectors with polarized politics to begin with, and climate change uh, slots right into that. It's interesting, too. I mean, I, I, you know, I'm always interested in, you know, how we debate certain topics, and anti-vaxxer is a big one these days. And, uh, you know, whether you're talking about climate or vaccinations or you are talking about uh, anything, the, the, or guns, you know, the, the way we talk about these things is important as talking about them because um, I think the way we talk about it is the real problem because sometimes people talk at, they don't talk to, and your that first impression you make on an issue can have lasting effects in terms of how you treat that subject going forward. I think that that's right. And I think that one way to tamp down some of the polarization on this is to, to realize that we're going to be living with climate change. It's not a choice of living with climate change or not. It's a choice of how we do that. And I think that one of the things that really needs to come out, I, I wish on both sides, frankly, that we, we talked less about trade-offs because there's a lot that we are going to be acting on climate change to make our cities more livable, to make our environment cleaner in multiple ways, to, to make life better for a lot of people. Now, there's going to be transition and there's going to be disruption, and, but that's also an opportunity to, to work on social justice, to work on equality, in ways that can can make our society stronger and more resilient. And I think that if we could get to a point where we're sort of pulling on that rope together, that's and having real debates about how to pull on that rope together, but get to the point where we're all saying, you know what, we have to get through this to a, to a better society, to a low-carbon, resilient, equitable society on the other side. 
and, and start having that conversation rather than, you know, are we going to f- fix climate change or not or, or things along those lines. Yeah, I'd, I'd much rather have a conversation on what's the best way to put a price on carbon rather than uh, we don't need to do it at all because climate change is, isn't as big a concern as people think it, should, it is. I think that's right. Uh, Matt, I certainly appreciate your time today. Thank you very much. My pleasure. It's great to talk to you. That's Matthew Hoffman, Director of the Environmental Governance Lab at the Monk School of Global Affairs and Public Policy. We need to pause. When we return, we'll have more of London Live. This is Devin Peacock in for Mike Stubbs on 980 CFPL.